Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Whitney. I'm here at the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast, and today we are getting into some nitty gritty. Today we're talking about building efficiency and productivity in your life. In the Centered Life Blueprint model, we call these things that have to be addressed in this way the non-negotiables. They're all the things in your life that have to get done that only you can do. Now, before I start and give you a bunch of practical tips and tricks on how to be more productive and more efficient in your life, I want to remind you of a couple things. Number one, please don't come at me about how (laughs) some of these non-negotiables could totally be on someone else's plate. I agree. We have an entire section in the blueprint in our framework called swappables, which are things that other people should and can be doing for you. So I might give you some examples from my own life, like laundry or cleaning a bathroom, for example, that you might be saying, why are you the one that does that? Your kids could be doing that or your partner could be doing that. And I 100% agree. I do divide and conquer with my husband and we do our absolute best to try to create a business-like environment was we divide and conquer on tasks. And same for my kids. I think that giving kids chores and responsibilities are super important. But in every single household, no matter what type of household you're in, if you're a single mom, if you are living with a partner, if you have older kids, younger kids, if you parent alongside a parenting village, we all have certain tasks that fall to us in our homes. And then in our work world, of course, we all have certain tasks that we have to do every single day. One of the major things that I have to do at my work is documenting on the patients that I see. So for example, I have a medical assistant who rooms all my patients. She brings them in, she gets them ready, but it's my job to see those patients efficiently. And it's also my job to make sure that I write down what I did when I was in the room. I think that a lot of my productivity learnings came about because as a doctor, you really do have to learn how to prioritize like this kid's sick or this kid's not sick or this task has to get right done right now. Otherwise this person's going to die. Right? So by the very nature of my training, I learned a lot of these tips and tricks, but there are a few that I actually haven't learned until a lot later in life that I want to share with you as well. So I want to throw off the notion that this is only for people who are in really highly organized professions or that are naturally more organized than others, of course, these these tasks and these tricks and tips are going to be a lot easier for those types of people to attack. But what I'm going to give you as advice is applicable to every single person here. The other thing that I want to mention before I go into it is about just this differentiation between when you are being productive for the sake of being productive or the sake of being busy versus for the sake of actually getting the things that have to be on your plate done 
more effectively. So if I teach you how to do something faster or better or with more ease, and you just then go ahead and add even more onto your plate, I'm not exactly sure what the point is of that, right? It's just going to add more onto you. So I want you just to be aware of that. And we have recorded an entire episode that's on that about kind of the attention economy and on this busyness badge that we all wear as American women and why we wear that and really keying into the why behind it. But I wanted to lay down that foundation before I start. Okay, so... The number one thing that I advise moms to do and that I learned actually from my good friend, Katie Matuski, who is the CEO and founder of Entropy Organized, is this really cool trick. What she does is she teaches moms to differentiate between responsibilities and projects in your life. Katie is an organizational business coach for female leaders, and she teaches busy women how to foster productivity and efficiency in their personal lives or in their professional lives, excuse me. But her strategies are just as applicable on the home front too, with stuff that we do with our kids for our personal lives. So here's her magic formula. So she says, everything on your personal and professional to-do list falls into one of two categories, responsibilities and projects. Responsibilities are the activities in your life that don't have an end date and that are a standard you've set for yourself that you need to maintain. So these are tasks that happen every single week or every single day, like putting the dishes away or like doing the laundry or like cleaning the bathroom or for me, like finishing my patient notes or publishing podcasts every single week, right? All those types of things continue to happen and I have to find times in order to get them done. The other category is projects. Projects are a series of tasks linked to a goal, and they're action items that fall off your to-do list once they're complete. So for example, if I'm writing a chapter of a book, that is a one-time thing that I will be writing that chapter. I might have other chapters that I have to accomplish, but once I write the chapter, at least the rough draft of the chapter, I can cross that completely off my list. It's not going to happen again until I decide I want to start on a new project and write another chapter. So the key to the responsibilities in your life is to designate a specific place on your weekly or daily calendar. Listen to that again. The key is to designate a place specifically on your weekly or daily calendar. This is why responsibilities just keep on coming at us. They keep on happening and happening and happening. And if we don't designate a specific place on our calendar, they become the reason we feel like we're always busy, but we're never really accomplishing anything because they never, ever end, right? And so they cause a ton of stress because we've set all these standards for ourselves. Like my house has to be perfectly clean. I have to make sure that I've purchased the toothpaste, right? Like all these things that have to happen over and over and over again. And we're racing around trying to keep up with them. And we're always noticing they need to be done again. And so that adds to our mental load. And so in addition to doing the task, we also are carrying around the knowledge that we have to do the task in our brain. So what I've done, I'm going to give you laundry as an example, is to set a specific time. So for example, I only do laundry one day a week, one night a week. So I'm I'm not spending my whole week thinking about laundry. 
I wash and dry for the 24 hours ahead. And then there's a specific two hour time slot that I spend folding and putting laundry away. What happens if it doesn't get done in that two hour slot? I shove it into a closet or I leave it in the laundry room and close the door. I forget about it because I know that I'm going to get to it the next week. Now, this requires something, and Katie was amazing when she came on the podcast. She said this really great nugget of gold. She said, you are the gatekeeper of your 168 hours a week. It's up to you to put anything that doesn't serve you on the chopping block. So laundry really doesn't serve me. I have to get it done, but it doesn't serve me. So that's why I only allow it that little bit of time. I want to limit its impact on my brain, on my mental load, but also on my physical output. That allows me to make room for projects in my life that are non-negotiables, that are not directly related to the things I care about most, and more room for the things I care about the most, right? Because as it turns out, projects tend to be bigger goals that you want to work on. Again, projects are this series of tasks that are linked to a goal, and these action items fall off your to-do list once they're complete. And they're easy to push to the side because they're less in our face compared to the tasks that are there on the regular. But projects are the things that actually move us forward and that make us feel like we've experienced a huge win personally and professionally. So how do you attack projects. First of all, what I want you to do is write down all of the tasks that you have to do every single week, all of the responsibilities, so the ones that are the continuous repeating tasks, and all of the projects that you have to do. And I want you to list them as projects and as responsibilities. Two, For the responsibilities, you're going to map out exactly when you're going to complete those. If you need to write it down on a paper calendar, if you need to put it in your Google calendar digitally, whatever you need to do, mama, okay, but you put it there as an agenda item for yourself. Then you're going to focus on your projects. And what I want you to do as you're starting out with this is to look at, let's say tomorrow and say, what do I want to produce tomorrow and why? Why do I want to do it? And in order to decide which project you want to attack each day, which which one you want to focus on, you have to come back to your center points. What project on your list that you've written out, you wrote out all those projects, you wrote out all the responsibilities, deserves the most attention? And is it in alignment with your centered vision? At Modern Mommy Doc, we talk about the idea of you having a centered vision, so an idea for what you want your life to be like in five years, and not, again, like you're a billionaire, but I'm talking about where do you want to be placing your time, energy, and focus? And so you need to look and see on that list, does it deserve attention because it's in alignment with your centered vision? Or does it deserve attention because if it's not in alignment, it has to be done and there's nobody else that can do it or I can't say no to it. It's not one of the other pieces on our framework for the Centered Life Blueprint. So the other pieces are the swappables, things you could give to someone else, or the contaminators, the things that really just fluff up our lives with useless junk, or the heartstrings, the things we say yes to even though we really don't want to say yes to them. 
Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned as you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the app store. Now, this may mean if you want to ask yourself, what am I producing today and why that you have to cut your daily project list down. So you have more room to give your undivided attention to more meaningful ventures. I would suggest that as you're starting out on this, that you learn how to fully complete just a few projects per day until you get comfortable and practiced at figuring out how long it takes you to complete your responsibility and project tasks. And if you find yourself short on time with just a few projects on your plate, that might mean you need to cut down on your overall responsibility list. Okay. You might need to say, you know what? Gosh, I had laundry on my list. This, I, it can't be on this day because I have this other thing I have to accomplish. I had signing up for camps on this list. It's not going to work today because I really have to make sure I get this other project completed. And then what I want you to do is to make every single item on your project to-do list actionable. So for example, let's say you wanted to clean your garage. Clean your garage is not a specific action. It describes a goal, right? I want to have a clean garage. So instead, you might need to make a list of tasks you need to complete to accomplish that goal of cleaning your garage. So to clean the garage, for example, you'll need to do a series of tasks like disposable cape paint, old paint cans, schedule an appointment to have the refrigerator picked up with city recycling, sweep the garage floor, right? These are all, again, Katie Matuski gave us these amazing examples. From my own life, let's say you put social media on your specific action, right? Or on your list as a project, excuse me. That's not a specific action for a small business owner who's looking to ramp up their exposure to potential clients. Outline content pillars, design five grid posts, write accompanying captions, post at peak times, those are. And you could break them down further into even smaller mini goals inside there. And this is really important for a couple of reasons. One, you need to know exactly what you need to do to achieve your goal. And two, you need to know when you are done, when you have achieved your goal. Now. Next step is potentially the most important. At the end of the day, what I want you to do is to take a look back at what you were able to produce with compassion and curiosity. This is the most important piece and the hardest piece to do as working moms, working women. Did you put too much on your project to-do list? Did you take on extra responsibilities throughout the day, like that big old pile of laundry or the dirty bathroom? Okay, I'm looking at you again, bathroom and laundry. (laughs) They could have waited for another set time. Did you say yes to taking a task onto your plate at a time that didn't work for you, but you felt obligated to say yes to it? Did you run out of steam because you put an intense project task on your agenda at a time when your energy levels were at their lowest or when you didn't have the childcare you needed to allow you to work distraction-free? Did you get up at five for the sake of that elusive kind of morning routine and 
you found yourself fixing breakfast instead for your four-year-old who woke up with the alarm along with you, right? So what you're going to do is take this moment of reflection, not to beat yourself up about how you could have done it better, but to plan your project test for tomorrow with a more intentional aligned mindset. To think about what is realistic, to think about what will serve me. So that is my number one tip for you is to think about responsibilities versus projects, to clearly differentiate them, to set a time for your responsibilities that is an agenda item on your calendar, and then for the projects that you want to accomplish to really pare it down and think about what are the ones that matter the most to me? Do they align with my centered vision and my center points? And if not, do they actually have to get done by me? And do they have to get done at all? And if they do, cool. Now break them down into smaller pieces and then reflect. Now, the next piece of attacking all of the non-negotiables for more efficiency and productivity is embracing selective mediocrity. We had an amazing podcast episode with Denise Hamilton, founder and CEO of Watch Her Work, who introduced me to this phrase. And basically what she said is, hey, not every non-negotiable in our lives deserves the same level of TLC. Okay, if I am writing a really emotive story about my motherhood journey, only I can do that and I can only do it well if I give it my full effort. I have to sit sometimes for hours crafting the perfect paragraph. I have to really like balance kind of that heartache and emotive piece, but add in some humor and not make it like too dark where people are like, I can't read this, right? However, the bake sale cookies I'm supposed to be bringing to my daughter's school tomorrow, if I bring them at all, they're going to be purchased at the local supermarket or they're going to be delivered via Instacart or my kiddo is going to make them, right? I'm not going to put in effort. This is that 80-20 rule that experts talk about. But basically giving 80% of your effort to the things that you care about the most. And this could be on your non-negotiable list of the things that you have to do and only you can do. Number three is using protocols and shortcuts to streamline repeating tasks. So at your house, this might look like simplifying weekday dinners. On Wednesdays at my house, we have chicken kebabs, broccoli, and a baguette, okay? Like every single week. It's not fancy, and I'm not going to win an award for Domestic Goddess of the Year, but it gets the job done. And I have way more creative energy then to plan more food-centric, memorable activities for my family and to do other stuff that I care more about. At your work, this might look like utilizing email templates for communicating with business partners or creating standard operating procedures for tasks that you or your team members need to perform regularly or keyboard shortcuts to make repetitive job functions faster or easier. And this is something that like high powered people do, right? Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, Barack Obama, they both talked about doing this when it comes to their wardrobe, that they wear the same thing over and over and over again so that they don't have to think about these small little tasks that would otherwise get in their way. Next, single tasking when you need to do deep work. So As women, especially working women, we tend to think that we are the bomb.com at multitasking and actually we're terrible at it. Human beings in general are terrible at it. When we're multitasking, when we think we're multitasking, we usually are doing what's called task switching. So we're going from 
one task, switching to the next, and then back, and then back, and then back, and then back. And it's exhausting for our brain. And our brain is actually not able to put in full attention to either of those efforts. Now, the good news is there is a time and a place for multitasking. So pairing two low brain effort activities together works well for multitasking. So for example, if I was taking a walk and getting some exercise and I'm listening to a podcast, those are two great things to pair together. I'm technically multitasking, but I'm actually not trying to accomplish something meaningful in the meantime. So multitasking has its place, but most of the time, single tasking is the way to go when you need to do actual deep, meaningful work on those projects. And what you have to do to do this is to practice, right? To practice being mindful. We had a whole episode that's on the attention economy and it talked about really the simple things. It's not rocket science. What do you have to do to learn how to not be distracted? You have to not be distracted for small increments of time. You have to retrain your brain. You have to do meditation for a few minutes without any distraction and then build up your tolerance. You have to go on a walk outside in the air without being distracted. So you build up your tolerance for that. You have to practice writing and turning off your phone and all the, all the notifications and turn off all the pings. That is the only way that you learn not to be distracted. If you are getting distracted as you're working or little thoughts pop up into your mind, which of course happens to all of us, one might be the moment just to turn it off and say, today's not my day. Number two, I write a lot of distraction thoughts into a little notebook or I'll put them on digital notes on my computer so that that way I have a place to mentally put those things that are popping into my brain and then I can return more quickly to my work. And then finally, being intentionally unproductive so that you can be more effective in the long run, taking time to rest, paying attention to your peak energy times. I do well at about 10 p.m. at night or about 10 a.m. in the morning. 5 a.m. is not my jam. 3 p.m. is definitely not my jam. Where I am right now, it's like reaching that moment. I'm like, you know, about at the time where I need to shut it off and do something else. I have to go move my body. I have to go read a book. I have to go listen to some music. I could exercise right now, but doing deep work, that's probably not going to happen here for me starting in about an hour. And that's okay. You know, building that awareness about what do you need as an individual person What are the different peak times for you? What is your capacity? Maybe because of some other emotional things that are happening in your life that are going to be more distracting. Becoming aware if this is at a moment in your life where you feel like you have more financial obligations and that's distracting you, or your kids are having a hard time, or you're having a hard time with your partner. We don't have to push those things away and pretend like they're not happening. We can embrace them and say, like, I can give myself some compassion that I might not be as productive right now. What do I need to do to get myself into a better place so I can be as productive and efficient as possible when the time is right? Okay, so those were my tips and tricks for how to be more efficient and more productive around the non-negotiables when the time is right. Please remember that I am so not a fan of productivity for productivity's sake. And as a recovering 
you know, productivity badge wearer, (laughs) like many of you are, I totally understand the pull and the drive to be that way and to focus on that and to have that be the reason for being more productive. Like we want to be able to do it all. That gives us so much internal sense of value, right? Sometimes we feel like even worse when we're on a vacation because we're not productive. And the reality is we are more productive when we take a moment to rest and we come back more energetic, more creative, and ready to kill it. I'll see you next time, Mama. mama. If you want more of the modern mommy dog podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag modern mommy dog. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.